If you'd like to follow the scripture reading this morning, it is in the eighth chapter of the book of Acts, beginning at verse 4, and we're going to read through verse 8. You'll find that on the Blue Pew Bibles on page 776. In Jerusalem, there had been a persecution of the church. And it began early on with the stoning of the deacon Stephen. And he is stoned to death. And there's a great persecution that breaks out against the Christians there in Jerusalem the first time since the church had been formed. And we read here, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip, who was also a deacon, went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many. Many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word from this chapter 8 of Acts. Now Philip was one of the seven chosen early on in the life of the church when it came to the attention of the apostles that some of the church was not being ministered to, particularly the widows and particularly the widows that were not of the Jewish heritage. And so, there was a great decision in the church to elect seven men as deacons. Stephen was one of them, and I just told you that he had been stoned to death. Philip was one, and there were five more, and the great persecution broke out against the church, and God scattered everybody, it said, but the apostles, that they stayed in Jerusalem for the most part, but everybody else who was serving began to move out of Jerusalem. Really, the persecution was terrible, but even here in this, how shall we say, this time of difficulty, God put it to good use, reminding us that God is always able to work out his purposes, even when it seems unclear to us. And certainly, we would think that it would be unclear if we are being driven from the place we call home to somewhere else because of the faith. How is it that God can use us? And he does. And Philip is an excellent example of this. And we can talk about many more. But today, we're going to talk about Philip. The deacon. Now there was also Philip the apostle, but we're not interested in him today. We're interested in Philip the deacon, and we're going to hear about that. Now, again, 
Philip was elected by the early church to serve. He was a deacon. And in the Greek language, deacon literally means table waiter. You are to go and wait on the tables of others. Therefore, caring about others, seeing to the needs of others, feeding others, taking care of those who are sick, and things like that. Literally, a table waiter. And so, my first year in seminary, as I go and, and settling in, I had applied for work grants, and the seminary put me to work as a table waiter. And so for a whole year, I got to, at breakfast, at lunch, and at dinner, wait on all the tables, me and a select few others who were needing work scholarships. We cleaned the tables, we washed the dishes, we did all those sorts of things. And it occurred to me that this is tough duty, this table waiting. And we did it all the time. And I had no idea that really the seminary was training me for ministry. But indeed, they were training me for ministry as I learned to wait on others and clean up messes to wash dishes, to put up dishes, to do all the things that had to be done and somebody had to do it. And why not me or some of my fellow classmates? One thing, it taught us humility. That yes, we were, when we left our churches to go to seminary, we were somebody. And when we got to seminary, we were nobody. It is a good thing. And so Philip had been this. He had been the working hands and the legs of the early church. He and the others, and they had been in training, but now this great persecution rose up against the church. And as they began to drive people out, Philip was driven out to Samaria. Now Jesus said, he had told everybody when he had ascended up into heaven, he had told them, you're going to start in Jerusalem, then go to Samaria, and then go to the other places there around Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And it is actually beginning here in this chapter that they're going out now. They are really going out. And so Philip, by the Spirit of God, goes up to Samaria and there he begins to preach, and God empowers him. As Jeff told our children, God gave them the power of the Holy Spirit to do things and to strengthen them in the work ahead. And instead of hiding, Philip goes and he begins to proclaim the word. And he's telling the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And along with that good news, he is doing all sorts of things. 
miraculous things in our eyes. He's casting out evil spirits. He is healing the sick. He is bringing renewed bodily strength to those who are crippled. There is a great power that is working through him. And here this man who had been elected to wait on the tables of the church is now, by the power of God, preaching, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, Philip doesn't stop there. He goes on and he continues his work there in Samaria, so much so that the apostles hear about it. And they go up, some of them go up to see what all is going on. And they are amazed at what God is doing through this deacon, Philip. And they praise the work and they praise God for the work he is doing. But God is not alone yet and not done with Philip. From Samaria, God sends him down the road that goes from Jerusalem to the Gaza and there he meets an Ethiopian eunuch, the treasurer of the queen of Ethiopia. He's been to Jerusalem to worship. He's going back, riding in his royal chariot, reading from the book of Isaiah, reading it aloud. And Philip is walking by his chariot. And he's listening to what the eunuch is reading. And he is emboldened to say, by the way, uh, up there, do you have any idea what you are reading? No, I don't. I need someone to explain it to me. And the eunuch is reading from the 53rd chapter of the prophet Isaiah, the suffering servant chapter. And he invites Philip, a man he has never met before, a man he has only seen walking by his chariot, he invites him up and Philip begins to explain to him the scriptures and how they point to the risen Jesus Christ. And after a while, we are told that the eunuch says, well, look, there's a stream with water. Can't you baptize me right here? And they get down from the chariot And Philip, the table-waiting deacon, baptizes an Ethiopian eunuch, an official of the royal court, right there on the side of the road. And the eunuch goes on. And to this day, the Ethiopian church traces its history back to Philip and this eunuch. Because the eunuch took back the gospel to Ethiopia. A eunuch who had never heard the gospel, who was a royal official, learns of the Lord Jesus Christ and his life is transformed. And he goes back and a man who was just a treasurer is now a missionary. And how is it, 2,000 years almost removed, that now even our congregation 
for the last many years has sent members to Ethiopia to stand by Christians there to work as missionaries on the grounds of an ancient people and soil. We are amiss when we think that God cannot use us as missionaries. We support a great deal of mission work. We could support maybe even more, but it does take that commitment to mission work. What is mission work? It is foremost the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the preaching of the good news. It is telling the story of salvation. It is helping others come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior in their lives. We each and every one are called in some way, in some role, to be the witness of the gospel, to be, as it were, missionaries to the world. None of us can claim that we are exempt from that. Many of us do not have the call to sell most of all we own and move to a mission field or to live in a mission field and to do everything that we have and can do. But each of us is gifted by God in a particular way and in a particular means to share, spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So mission work is first and foremost the proclamation of the gospel. But it is, mission work is also the demonstration of the gospel. It is just not word alone. It is action. It is feeding. It is watering. It is healing. It is teaching. It is fighting evil and sin, not just within the bounds of the church, but in the communities and in the world. We only have to look at Jesus and the many facets of the gospel to see that it is true. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus fed the hungry. Jesus fought evil. Jesus gave living water. Jesus spoke 
of a kingdom that is greater than this world. Jesus taught forgiveness. He died to make it happen. This is the work of mission. It takes place in many different countries around the world. We think just about every country of the world has Christians and Christian missionaries in it. But one or two people is not enough. Three or four people is not enough. It takes the effort of the whole of the church of God. Faith Presbyterian Church is but a small portion of that. But though we be a small portion of that, we are called to be significant in the portion that we have. So that whether it is caring for pastors and their wives in Brazil, as we have done this year, as it is caring for the feet and the medical needs of children in Ethiopia, as we have done this year, as it is in establishing a relationship with the Presbyterian Church in Cancun, Mexico, as we have done this year, as it has been to the island of Cuba that we have done over the years, to Jamaica as we have done over the years, to Bolivia where it all got started for us. As it is here with Reggie and Mary at Orange Mound where perhaps it is a very tough sort of ministry as we have fed people on our turns at the soup kitchen at First Presbyterian Church downtown, as we have tried to help young African-American boys learn a work ethic with youth leadership of Memphis, as we have cared for mothers and their children who have had to leave the home, first with the Memphis Family Shelter for so many years, lately with Old Pass Shelter for Women. Whether it is helping church planners plant new congregations in various towns and cities, and perhaps that has been one of our most weakest links of all as a mission congregation. Like Philip, who was, as he said, just a deacon, a table waiter, God has called us in whatever condition our life is in 
as Christians, as believers and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, has called us to be witnesses and doers and supporters and those who just don't profess the faith but live the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what is accomplished when a congregation, its members, its denomination, its focus practices both the internal and the external nature of the gospel? What happens is that it changes lives. It brings hope. It instills faith. It demonstrates love. It makes us to be faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many in this congregation have been on short-term mission trips in many parts of the world. We have sent missionaries from our congregation, Craig and Mary DeLille, who have been in Brazil now getting close to 20 years. We support others We participate in the ministries here. This weekend at the Presbytery meeting of Central South, we heard about mission work and the continued work of how our denomination is reaching out to unchurched lands in the Middle East that are predominantly Muslim. And we are hearing of more and more Muslims who are coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are called to continue this practice this tradition that we have now established here in our churches in a few weeks we'll be handing out the boxes for the Christmas children of Samaritan's heart that go around the world A.B. Scott can tell you how one of his adopted daughters received one of those boxes for Christmas and how it made such an impact on her young life. A simple box, a small toy, pencils, crayons, papers, soap, washcloth, maybe a ball, and a book 
that tells children Jesus loves them. Missions has many forms and many ways. The book of Acts, as Jeff said to the children, is about God sending his early church into all the world to proclaim the gospel, to live it, and to demonstrate it. It is a guide to us. Things have not changed to the degree that we can say, we're done, Lord. But every new generation needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So what shall we be? Shall we be those who have said we have done our part? Or shall we be those who say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Let us be the latter that we will prove faithful to the calling and the commands of our Lord Jesus Christ to go into all the world to begin here at home and to reach all those who are in need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen.